Welcome back to Fortitude, folks. I'm your co-host, J.W. Wilson, and across the desk today is my other co-host, or my co-host, not other, is Brenton Payne. We've never uh, done this before, looking at each other. We sit, we typically sit on the same side, so... Well, we have two special guests that required some room and some and some frontage space, if you will. I had the best pizza the other night at you this did? place. Yeah. What was the place called? DeLuca, and I believe our guests own that restaurant, correct? <laughs> is that correct? I, I'd love to take credit, but... It's all I right. Had, with that, that was restaurant week. We had Bundell, the Alex Snodgrass, and this now. Mm-hmm. Well, we, Britain, we have we are blessed to have the greatness of Angelique and Mike DeLuca, <laughs> of not of DeLuca Pizza fame. Oh, I like the applause. I Thank wish you. I could travel with that everywhere yeah. I go. Yeah. <laughs> I have it at my house. It's very let's validating. Be, let's begin with Angelique. Angelique, uh, a Fort Worth gal, she went to Southwest High School, correct? I did. Um, you were a child actor in such things as the Power Rangers, correct? <laughs> not child. I was <laughs> well, I guess you weren't a child, but you were, you were younger, a younger were you version a Power of Ranger? you. I, I was... Oh gosh, I was young. I was a baby. How old? Twenties. Fair enough. We'll, we'll accept that. You and some show called I actually looked this up. Pensacola Wings of Gold. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. it's like a Top Gun series. I know what it is. Yes. Oh, okay. That was a lot and of fun. I'm familiar with child actors too because we talked about JW had a conservatorship thing against me for some period of time, but I've broken out of it. With a crack legal team here. Spread your wings. Spread your wings, man. I I, I was not a child actor. Um, It was, believe it or not, it was my mother's idea for me to move out to L.A. And you want to know why? Why? Because she said I was partying too much here in Fort Worth. What? At Southwest High School in the early 90s? You got to be kidding me. (laughs) What a fix. Move to L.A. And one year at Arlington Heights. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's probably... Well, no, I take that back. They were both pretty. So she was going to fix school. you by sending you to L.A. Yes, where parties don't exist. Yeah, we 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 knew we <laughs> yeah. we knew nothing. Obviously, we were just your good old small town Fort Worth folk mm-hmm. <laughs> that so knew nothing that, about Hollywood. Did you just go out there? Like, I mean, it was just. I did. I so um, it was funny because we had just had um, a hailstorm uh, here in Fort Worth, and I was. I think I was 21 and it totaled my car a couple years ago. Actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah just a couple years ago. Um, and it told my car. So my mom, she was driving me to work and she threw this supposedly grand idea, uh, that she had that she, that, you know, she thought I should move out to LA and try to pursue the acting career. And because we'd played around with it with, you know, Walker, Texas Ranger here and um, and also um, uh, Bottle Rocket, which Mm -hmm. we'll we'll, I'll tell you the full circle. Okay, you know, down the line, they were going to kind of get to that. (laughs) But anyways, um, so she just thought it'd be great because I was, you know, I guess going out too much here in Fort Worth. Because the um, movies are a very sober environment, correct, Mike? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I figured it's yeah. straight as can be. Yeah. That, absolutely. Yeah. We did not You're know. very strict. Yeah. yeah, so she said, so, you know, she goes, look, she goes, you will have every, you know, I, 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 will, I will help you, you know, I think you should do this. Just try it for one year, just one year. And if you don't like it, you can come home. And I was like, there is no way I want to move out to L.A. I was about to move out to the country here with one of my best friends. This big city was just no, and then Hollywood. I mean, it was such yeah. a foreign thought. Yeah, in my, I mean, it was just mm-hmm. crazy. But you know, I thought about it over uh, about a two three month span. Asked everybody I knew, "What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do?" And finally, I just thought, "Okay, you know what? I'm 21, and if I don't do this, I will regret this for the rest of my life." Mm-hmm. You know, it was just one of those things that you just you just knew, especially for my mom to be supporting me in every way, mm-hmm. because when most young children, you know, or kids say, hey, I want to move out to L.A., their parents are like, are you effing crazy? Yeah. No way. But yeah. here my mom's like, yeah. go, go, go. So sure enough, you know, it, it's funny because three, three years into it, she calls me crying come home come home i miss you i'm like no i said i am finishing what you started oh yeah yeah (laughs) and then sure enough um ended up living there for 20 years oh wow very yes that's where you met this gentleman this is where i I met my my amazing husband 
Husband. Well, he's that. my husband. Yeah, it's funny. We were at the at the uh, at a football game recently, and this lady walks up and says, "This is my husband." I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love that!" And Mike's yeah. like, "Yeah, that's kind of cool." <laughs> so, How would you get out there, Mike? Can we ask that? Yeah. Um. So I grew up in New York, and I went to film school at NYU, and uh, I couldn't wait to get out to LA because it's a uh, it's really the hub of of sure. production for TV and film. So I did my time in New York, and then just got shipped out by my first job to LA. And so you were there before you. Yeah, I, got, I was there. Okay. I've been there since 89, 90. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mike's nine years. Yeah, nine he's years nine years older, older yeah. than yeah. I am. So I'm in my early 30s, obviously. Beautiful. Okay. But of course, he, he went out there. <laughs> he went out there, you know, like the, you know, with kind of the bird in his hands. He went out there with yeah. already a career. I went out there and I knew nobody. No, what I, I always, did not know anybody. The only like analogy that I liken it to is Axl Rose coming off that bus in that Guns N' Roses video. Or I don't know if it was him welcome or the girl. The the, yeah, the welcome <laughs> to the jungle. Like, it's just like, this is what I picture. That's All these awesome. people who go out to LA, they just come off that bus and they're like, what's about to happen with my life? You know, this is crazy. Well, Mike, before it we get to crazy. you, Angelique, your mom, Donna, is a cancer survivor. That's kind of a really... Cool part of your life story. Yes, Very cool. Yes. The woman that pushed you out of the house to LA. <laughs> that pushed me. Y- yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, gosh, I still, I actually, I still can't really wrap my head around this because I, it's, I think we are literally witnessing a miracle, so mm-hmm. to speak. But um, in March, I believe it was, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer from her neck all the way down to her organs and her, you know, from pelvic all the way up. I mean, you could literally feel and see the knot in her, her stolen lymph nodes in her neck. And I saw it. I saw it on the computer. It was everywhere. And, you know, it changed. I mean, it rocked our world. I mean, it just, when we, we just, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of automatically just thought, okay, this is, this is how she's going to pass. And so, um, Thankfully, she's got a really amazing doctor here in Fort Worth, and they um, suggested immunotherapy. And um, but my mom, being the uh, probably one of the strongest women I've ever known in my life, she just thought, "Okay, you know, we cried." And then she goes, "Okay," she goes, "This is I have cancer, and but we're not going to let this take us down yeah. at all. We're not going to go down this road." And so she did everything in the book that I think everybody should. Um, and what she calls now her toolbox. But she started doing um, lots of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. She started forgiving a lot of people in her life. Mm-hmm. She started asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, when that negative energy is in your body, it can also help feed the cancer. Mm -hmm. And so she just went through a really, you know, major cleanse that way. Lots of prayers. We obviously had Mm -hmm. lots of friends and family praying for the ones that knew. And, um, then she did this, um, uh, this, she would sit on this mat. It's called the Beamer mat. And it actually was taken off market because it was known to cure cancer, but she would sit on it. And between all her reading, between the combination from immunotherapy to everything to, you know, a healing spiritual aspect, the cancer's gone. Mm. Yeah, that's an amazing story. The in cancer itself. is gone. So it's incredible. And congrats. And for I Donna. mean, in one I'm sorry. Year. I yeah. had to do the applause. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And on the other side, of, the other side Blessing. of your life is your dad, uh, Kelly Pruitt. Um, he's yes. a really famous, really famous Western painter. I know his work real well. Yes. Um, th- that's another really cool I tangent know. to your life. I so. know. It's fun. You know, he was, um, he was this tall, good looking Western artist. Mm-hmm. And um, he was, um, he had an exhibit at the, um, at the Fort Worth Stock Show back in the 60s. And my granddaddy, he was the manager over the exhibit uh, for the stock show for probably about a decade. And so my mom and her brothers and sisters, they would always work, you know, during the show and whatnot. And so she was walking down the aisle with a friend and she spotted him. She was like, who is that man? Wow. <laughs> And that was it. I nice, mean, she, nice. had, she did was they like, sell hot tubs at the exhibit hall at that time, or was that later on? 
hot tubs in yeah, the 60s? <laughs> kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I don't know. It's I safe to say there. they probably did. I was yeah. not always there. I'm talking about the randomness of yeah. the stuff in yeah. there. And then this fine art, <laughs> it you know, yes, it's like it's crazy yes, that yes. you have all of that. So anyways, they got married and um, more or less, you know, he was your typical, you know, artist and she kind of knew nothing, but she was very, she was a very smart woman. Um, she would, in college, she would go to bed reading the dictionary every night. So, she, wow. you know, she's really just knew the words and coming from, um, my granddaddy also worked for the Star Telegram mm-hmm. and, um, he also owned Texas patios. So business definitely ran in our family. So yeah. she knew the business side and she kind of studied at his feet uh, growing up, obviously. And um, more or less, she made Kelly famous and they traveled around the world. They had um, the Spanish Depths Gallery in Taos, New Mexico, and um, they had their ranch in Presidio. So um, I was actually born in Alpine. Oh, wow. Yes. That's yes. quite a claim. Very, very proud. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so then um, she had this idea that uh, they needed to start casting his bronzes. And it was either New York. She threw out New York. I think three different places. Can't remember the third. But the other one was Rome. He goes, OK, let's go to Rome. So then they had a boundary in Rome. And so they would travel between Taos, Presidio and Rome. And um, she just pretty much grew his career from shows. And he also, believe it or not, taught Elizabeth Taylor's daughter how to paint oh, when wow. they were living in Rome. One time they were Pretty happened cool. to be there at the same time. And so she so just was cool like stuff. to him what your mom was to you on getting uh, out to uh, L.A. No, huh? uh, that's why she was like, <laughs> y- you know, I mean, she was. Yeah, she was my biggest fan. And yeah. she was the one who would sign me up to, you know, go on castings. She actually got me. um my first big audition with Robert Rodriguez down in Austin. Oh, yeah. And yeah. believe it or not, I, I did get um, a couple of callbacks for um, his movie. And I, it was so fun because I got to die in front of him. Which one? The vampire one? No, no. Um, Desperado or Dust Till Dawn? No, it was Desperado. before that. Maybe it was Desperado. Oh, wow. No, yeah, not yeah. Desperado. Oh, Mariachi, the first one? No. Oh, yeah, that one's I think it was, was it Jessica Alba in one of those Oh, Sin City? Sin City. Okay. It was Sin City. Oh, wow. I got to audition for Sin City. It would be really great if you guys had an argument on the show. That would be a first for us. So just give it time. Mike and I? You give it another one. Like right around the 40 minute mark. Okay, yeah. I could say Space Kids, Mike. That would really do something. We did when he spit out our street. Angelique's paranoid about like people knowing where we are. Sure. Of course. As if anyone cares or is going to show up. Okay, so. let me tell you something. Yes, I, it does matter because when we first moved here, we got some letter from somebody trying to get a hold of him. I'm like, how did they even... I'm like, Someone owed money to. Oh, That's yeah. not no, true. I'm just is, that what you es- is that what you escaped to Fort Worth? And <laughs> right. everything's clear. Now it's you're coming like, out again. It's in like the a air. witness protection program. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, not anymore. All I know. Five I just of our, my cover. All five of our followers have been <laughs> bust you. Yeah. yeah. So I speak- am paranoid. I yeah. see all the cars slowing down in front of our house. <laughs> I'm like, who is that? What are they doing? I'm a good paranoia person. It could be for Bocini. You know, Bocini's got some haters these days. He's a great human being, a friend of mine, but he gets, you know, he's had a tough deal with the pandemic. Oh, luckily he's job. got a gate. Oh, my, it we're was still get a ambiguous gate. and anonymous where they live, but so. now you throw the exact location <laughs> we're all of the same yeah, boat now. Okay, now I'm going to pick an argument yeah. with you and Mike. Good, good. <laughs> it's been great living with the Bocinis the whole time we've been here. We obviously, we <laughs> yes, all share the yes. same house and that's where we are. Yeah, it's an AFS type program, right? For LA people to come in and show the culture of LA to the chancellor. And it's great that they do that. To the Our editor church. can fix that, surely. <laughs> For the also, movie executives. Look at he's trying to get So Angelique, so you meet this guy to your to your left. Yes. Um, he was a kid from Brooklyn as as he already... Uh, inter- in, tough kid. In, tough kid from... Yeah. You grew up loving comic books. You became a Trekkie, which is cool because those are Trekkies. Uh, <laughs> real tough. I'm a real tough kid. That's okay. <laughs> comic book your, geek. Your mom, your mom was a German Jew. She survived World War II in Germany. Right. Uh, she wasn't in the Holocaust, but she was in Germany and somehow survived that, which is obviously mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Your career business, your career in the your career in the show business began in '86 with an internship at New Line Cinema. Some guy Nate, we know who this is, but Robert Shea was your was your mentor at the time. Right. Still close with with Robert. Yeah. Yeah. We we we. We have lunch occasionally, but it slowed down to a trickle. Uh, just life took us in different directions. Truly. So we text occasionally, but we stay in touch. Was it like, was it watching Star Trek where you're like, I got to do this? Like, I, I mean, like, Actually, I love this show so much. I got to do this. It was in syndication in New York 
and it was on like twice a day. Uh, but it was more old movies on old TV stations. There was no VHS, obviously, back then in the yeah. 70s. So it was seeing old movies on TV that kind of you know made me fall in love with the medium. Yeah. And you really just did know that you wanted to do it. Since uh, as far back as I can remember. Seriously? Yeah. Like the making of it. Like typically when you're watching that stuff, you're, yeah. you're kind of like, meh, you know, it's cool. I like you to know, see like, it. So in New York, they had King Kong. For some reason, King Kong was the holiday Thanksgiving movie on Sunday uh, after the Thursday. Yes. Every weekend, every year um, that weekend, they'd run King Kong on Channel 9 or Channel 11. Black and, and white? The black and white 1933 original. Yeah. And you know, when you're little, like when you're three or four, you think it's a, a, a documentary, like a real giant gorilla <laughs> yeah. must have yeah. attacked the Empire State yeah. Building. It's not. And then you get a little old. It's not, I'm sorry <laughs> to say. And then you get a little older and you see, wow, what are the special effects? Like, how did they do that? And the minute you start asking how they did it, you're hooked for, you know, life on Yeah, movies. but where do you go? I mean, obviously, yeah. you're Newark, that, New York, that's great because there's probably more people to answer that. But I would think around here, you know, you're a kid and you're asking those questions like, I don't know. Why don't you go play outside with your friends? You know, like, I have no idea how they make this. <laughs> well, the great you know? thing about now is filmmaking tools are so affordable. Like, now yeah. kids are making movies on their iPhones and going to Sundance with it. Yeah. You know, it's a lot more... It's the same with podcasting tools. That's right. Well, yep. everybody, yep. it's like screenwriting. Everybody thinks they can do it, but it's still an art. What you guys do is still an art. Yes. Well, Y'all, it was, it, was, yes. it, was, uh, it was Young Guns for me. Oh, Young Guns. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, okay. The peyote remember scene? Remember China Doll? The China... The China <laughs> was it... What was her name? China? Did you see the size of that chicken? She was... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland's love interest. I was so wanted to be her and I just thought I have to be in a western we movie someday it's that, crazy that writer John Fusco NYU grad also okay uh, uh, NYU alumni like was, I but was yours westerns too I mean King Kong you mentioned but loved some, it all I've lo I loved it all yeah. yeah yeah growing up I mean the Searchers is my favorite Western of all time until Unforgiven. And then they're like, they're both right up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he has, um, he's speaking of Westerns. He's trying to get one made, um, now on the Chisholm trail. Uh, well, when I was a producer, I really wanted to develop a mini series about the Chisholm trail and the yeah. history and really show like what, because Cowboys were so young in that era, like 14, 15, 16, yeah. and to go yeah. on these long cattle drives and go into these towns, you know, on the way up to Texas from, where they were coming from with the cattle. No one's done it. Yeah. Like, period authentic. And then, but then I left producing. So, yeah. You know, it's funny you say about the young cowboys because mm -hmm. I was at the rodeo back before the new, and mm -hmm. you're in the like stage air, like the bar area with the bands. And I saw these young guys with these jackets and stuff. And I was like, they're what's kids. The yeah. I know. I was like, what's the deal? Can you even, are you allowed to be in here? And he's like, I just rode in that thing. Right. I was like, what? You rode right. in it? Like, you don't think of cowboys being yeah. that young. Can but you I imagine guess back in the day in the 19th century, oh. they would just go on these long cattle drives and, and it's a great coming of age story. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike, you, you, you're with New Line Cinema doing all these things and you do so well, they make you president of the, of the company at age 27. What's that feel like? Well, all your facts are correct. I can't believe it. So I'm, I'm going by what the Wikipedia tells me. <laughs> right. so. oh my God. It felt great. It felt like being given the keys to like a Ferrari when you're mm -hmm. 17 years old. Um, it was it was fabulous. It was yeah, really fantastic. So how long into it? I mean, we'll get back into more of this, but I want to know how you guys met and like what the like the movie name game happened at that like first date or whatever. Like, I got to think. So, OK, so one of my best friends, uh, one of my guy best friends, uh, Riley Smith, he's an actor, um, great actor. Y'all should definitely look him up. Um, What's he been in? Oh, my gosh. He was on. Um, wasn't he on? uh 24 for yes, a while. Yes, he was yeah, on okay. 24. Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff. He's done, yeah, he, he's just, his career he just Nashville keeps, keeps going. Yeah. yeah, his career just keeps mm -hmm. going. Yeah. But anyways, he's also a musician too. Um, but anyway, so he, um, Riley was um, working on one of Mike's pilots that he was executive producer on, right? Yeah. At that time. And um, so they were, they were on location and I remember Riley coming back. We just hit it off. Yeah, we started hanging can out. I, yeah, can I they do really got close. So mm -hmm. Executive producer between that and producer, like difference there. In t you know, it means different things in TV than it does in film. In TV, it's an actual credit for an actual role where you're kind of putting the show together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the writer, creator gets an executive producer credit. Um, in movies, it's more. it can be a ceremonial credit. In movies, the producer... Yeah. actual produced by um, carries a lot of meaning. It's kind of the reverse in television. But it's uh, the, fun, it's in the it, funders, right? If you if you 
or investing in a movie, you're a producer, correct? No. It, yeah, you can, you can be. It can it, be. Yeah, I mean, it, yes, it, I know. it's like an industry joke, like producer, it means so much. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's so different, you know, yeah. different But it sounds like so. on TV, you were expected to be on set where yeah. maybe a producer, executive producer executive is not producers, the case. There are, some, executive produ- there are some producers in movies, but much less executive producers you never see on set. Yeah. Really okay, sorry. That. Back to Riley Smith. No, no worries. So um, anyway, so he had, they had gotten, you know, gotten done filming and um, he calls me one night. It was a Friday night. And he, he said, hey, he goes, uh, uh, you know, I became really good friends with one of the executive producers on my show and he's going to uh, cook an Italian dinner tonight. And he said, I can invite a handful of friends. So you want to come? And I was like, sure. And um, sure enough, we all met at his house and then um, headed up to his bachelor pad on the top of Sunset Plaza. That's where the DeLuca concept for the restaurant on Hewland began. <laughs> no. Absolutely. I thought, you know what would make it great if we added a C. If we added another C to my name, that would that would put it over would the be top. so no, Italian. No. Yeah. It would take all the it's Brooklyn out of it. It extra would just, Italian. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd rather be part of the Dean and DeLuca. Oh God. <laughs> right, right. Yes. You guys came to town yes. around the time of that sponsorship. Yes. Like that was oh, no. I thought that oh, no. was part I of thought, it too. Hmm, how can we do this and get in <laughs> to see the yeah. tournament? So, sponsorship. Mike, your debut film was a, a legend, Leatherface face the Texas Chancellor Massacre 3, correct? I'm shocked I was allowed to work again after that. How do you, how does one find their <laughs> way into Leatherface? I mean, that, that in itself is incredible. You know, we were like an opportunistic company, so the rights were available. So, you know, like occasionally you'll see a new Halloween or a new Friday. Like, yeah. sometimes these rights, because of the way the original films were put together, are available and opportunistic companies snap them up. So we ended, I forgot how, but we ended up with the rights to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that the, the companies go with like, well, there's a, like this huge generation of kids who saw the first Halloween, right. like it was done. They'll go back and see it. Okay. Back to the dinner though. Like we, we, we barely got to, <laughs> you know, you guys meeting. So you go to meet this guy. Yeah. Well, I, well, it was just like a group of friends. So it wasn't like a date or anything. And, uh, we had, um, cooked this huge Italian dinner. We hung out for a little bit and then we went out to Hyde, which was the the hit the, the hip the hip mm-hmm. uh, club at the time where everybody went. And so it's like a dance club or just like no, cool, it's a chill club. It's a it's, drink your ass off. <laughs> yeah. and with stand a tiny yeah, it was nice. a very yeah, small really place. Really but so it was yeah. the, the hot place. So <laughs> yeah. Because nothing's better than sweating your ass off at two in the morning yeah. when the lights <laughs> come on. <laughs> on a first date. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Drinking, you know? yeah. Stumbling out to Is the ballet. No, no. Come on. Yeah. After like eating a half a pound of pasta. Yeah. With a lot of garlic. I was thinking back in those days in LA which is really health conscious like serving up these giant carby meals I was yeah. definitely a man out of place and out yeah. of time yeah <laughs> you're Italian though yeah uh, eat pasta every day I, I furthered a stereo- cultural stereotype yeah I feel guilty about it yeah <laughs> okay so so it went off well right I should have at least been well, serving no, gluten free we pasta we weren't necessarily being set up this night um, but it, I remember the next day Riley texting me or calling me or something saying hey so Mike really likes you and would like to take you out. And I was like, he didn't even know me. I'm like, that's crazy. He goes, well, he's so sweet, Angelique. And I'm like, all right. He seemed really nice anyway. He just so, wrote, didn't he just write producer, New Line Cinema? Like what? Like no, don't think on no, this. No, but you don't understand living in Hollywood, you you get burned really fast when you have people saying that they are somebody and they're not. So you just kind of, I don't know, you just kind of, and then living there, it's just, you just kind of realize they're. That's because we're here today to show that Mike is not actually a producer, but the owner of a restaurant called DeLuca on Hewland <laughs> I was Street. trying to hide it. You were so many. God, DeLuca <laughs> Pizza is going to be super happy out. at this I show. Know, yeah. right? We love DeLuca. Tell yes. me about it. Right. Yeah. No, but we were we were actually friends first. That place does fuck up my my, my plan. <laughs> my plan was okay. to eventually have my own restaurant here yeah. in retirement. Um, no. But now they took the that, name. Mike, like, let no, me know at all. that's not true. We'll just do that next time, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. You can still do your restaurant. Yeah. Our just over, one C. Our over just under the effort was about yeah. five, yeah. so we're still yeah. Yeah. a few to go. We're good. Yeah. So you said you, it was like a thing. You guys liked each other and then went out again? Yeah, we just actually hung out. And believe it or not, Mike um, had a girlfriend, kind of. Not he wasn't that into it, obviously. I was transitioning. He was transitioning. transitioning. Yeah. But he actually set me up on my very first blind date, you guys. Mm-hmm. And then he told me, he goes, I'm setting you up, but I, I hope you don't like him. 
Yeah. Oh, Isn't that wow. a, he that a cool me. line? Yeah. Because, yeah. Right. Always, what because you're always he trying likes to do me. is <laughs> pave the way. Mm-hmm. When you're in transition, you're always trying to set up the next chapter. <laughs> Yeah, as you're closing the book on the first. Was the, the guy terrible chapter. looking? Possibly very handsome guy. No, oh, was he was very, cute. Very handsome he was cute. Guy. He very just risky. wasn't. I don't very know. He just was cute. No, no, yeah. But anyways, like I said, Mike and I, we were we were friends first, and it just kind of you know organically happened. And yeah. you know, after getting to know him, which a lot of people, you know, I, I think that was one thing that really was attracting um, attractive to me um, about him is that he was a very famous Hollywood producer but you would never know it because he was so humble yeah and that was so refreshing yeah thank you very much so refreshing and then just getting to know him he's got the biggest heart and whatnot um and you know it was kind of hard at the time he was republican he is not anymore (laughs) that's a whole nother story which we we don't talk about Uh that stuff on this show get get the buzzer ready but i was like oh my gosh i'm like i'm like i'm in la and i've met a, a republican this is Amazing! This is so, and he's so. I was nice radicalized by nine eleven. Yeah. No, but also, you know, <laughs> he's, I, you know, I will say, and I tell everybody this, mm-hmm. you know, he's one of the most brilliant men I've ever known in my life because he's very, very smart. Can you and hit the applause button. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh uh, thank my, you. Did Thanks, you everybody. Really <laughs> just ask for Mike that, Deluca. <laughs> oh my god. So, if I could, real quick, go through a couple things that Mike's done at New Line that proceeded on to DreamWorks, but at New Line. You did the movie Seven. These are a couple of many, but Seven, Friday, a lot of guys' favorites, Boogie Nights, Austin Powers, Rush Hour, American History X, uh, Dumb and Dumber. Blow. And uh, yeah, Blow, Transformers. I mean, this is incredible. Transform- so I, I bought am the- Sam. Transformers was a pitch I bought at DreamWorks. Okay. Um, and then I was actually, I was gone from DreamWorks by the time they produced that DreamWorks movie. was 2001. It was after New Line. It was okay. my job after gotcha. New Line. So is, that, so is that how it worked? Like, are you going and grabbing that content and deciding to make it, or does somebody come to you and say, "Hey, my, would you do this?" Or is it kind of a combination? Both. Yeah. Yeah. So we get pitched a lot of stuff and get submitted a lot of stuff, and then when you work at a studio, you're kind of the filter and you try to choose, you know, what you think will be commercial. Well, and I can ask both of you guys this. Yeah, I mean, what what is it with that decision? I mean, does does something just happen where you're like, this thing jumped out at me, like it's hitting me where I am in my life, like there's this emotional appeal, but also. I, do you start envisioning the actors too almost like I can see this person in this role and that type of thing? Oh my gosh. Okay. Speaking of, speaking of that, you may speak. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. And she I, was raising her okay. hand. And I, you guys, I want you to know, I am taking full on credit for this. Full on credit for this. So, okay. 50 shades of gray. We're getting, we're getting there. Don't worry. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold on. Jamie Dornan. He has this job because of me. (laughs) (laughs) Please explain. Um, Okay. So they, it was between him. No, it was. We had originally cast Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. And then Charlie Hunnam decided he didn't want to do it. And he needed a new Christian Grey. Well, he wasn't. No, no, no. He hadn't really decided that he wasn't going to do it at that time. He was kind of in this. He was still debating. He was debating. And was he me, nervous? It was a nervous he thing. Just, you know, in all honesty, he just decided creatively he he didn't he wanted to do he something into else. It. Yeah, he, he, he just wasn't into yeah. it. And um, so I had already read you know the books, and I was like, I'm sorry, but he's not Christian Gray. He is not Christian. You Gray. had that he's vision gr- in your mind. Our, yeah. It was just it's just one of those instinct type intuitions or something. Or I just had this picture. You know, you when you read a book, you have a picture of the characters because mm-hmm. you know you can't see them. But I was like, this is not Christian Grey. There's no way he. This is this is no. This is not going to yeah. work. And um, I remember us sitting in Hawaii, and Mike. As one does. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up. Oh, my God. We were sitting in Hawaii, and he gets the call that he has to fly back to L.A. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is our family vacation. He goes, I have to go. It's about casting. And I was like, Mike, I was like, Charlie's not the person. I said, you tell Donna he is not the person. Donna Langley runs Universal. He's one of his best friends, and I know her, too. And I'm like, he's not it. He's not it. He goes, well, he goes, Okay, I, I I hear you. He goes, well, I was looking at this one, you know, guy, and he pulls up his phone. And he pulls up Jamie Dornan's picture, like half naked. Yeah, well, like he's a Calvin Klein. He wasn't just laying Calvin around Klein, half naked. Calvin, right. Calvin he's Klein a underwear. Professional model for God's yeah. sakes. And granted, yes, he, that was the picture I saw. But I looked at him an inch, you know, just intuitively. I was like, 
He's Christian Grey. Yeah. He's it. He's it. He's it. And Jamie was performing in this great series with Gillian Anderson, uh, and I'm blanking on the name right now. X-Files? No, no, it was on Netflix. It, it was a serial killer drama. She played a British person. It was on Netflix, and I'm just blanking on the yeah. the, the title of it. But he he was he had something about him that seemed like it would be perfect but, for it. But it was it but sure enough, like a month later, it was still Charlie Charlie. I'm like, Mike, it is not it is Jamie Dornan. You Why have was to, it? Why did they go back to, to that? Like, Jamie. Charlie hadn't left yet. Okay. So it was still Charlie. Yeah. yeah. And he came in in red, I guess, and yeah. blew everybody's hey. socks off mm-hmm. and Mike. Like, this is the guy. <laughs> we'll give her a little. We gotta give her a yeah. 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 Give it up. Thank you. So before we move on uh, to <laughs> current stuff and uh, DreamWorks happened in 2001 DreamWorks uh, you did a couple films one's called Old School and Anchorman that have done quite well in the world uh, us gentlemen love these movies most you, quotable movies yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely especially. after DreamWorks you started Mike, Mike, Michael DeLuca Productions right. which you still have right no, no. I had a I, I had a withdraw from the second version of it to go take the job at MGM. MGM happened in the year let's yeah. see, 2020. You became named as the chairman of MGM, mm-hmm. correct? Right. So then, it, I mean, it's you, you, there's a lot of things happening in your life. You were nominated in 2010. This is going back a little bit for three um, Best Picture Oscars, Social Network, Captain Phillips, and Moneyball. Actually, one of our guests a few weeks ago is Kirk Sarlos, TCU's baseball coach, who was part of the Billy Bean um, team oh, wow. in, in yeah. ball, which is kind of interesting. He said that, that that as a coach, he was super competitive. Like he in games and in practices, he'd be like on the treadmill, like just looking at stats. He yeah. wouldn't even be out there yeah. with that. Absolutely. Was that a fun movie to make? It was so much fun. It was. Yeah. It was great getting to know Billy and all the folks at Major League Baseball because normally my. In my line of work, you don't intersect with those kind of people. So yeah. it was a wonderful. I'm a big Yankees fan and grew yeah. up with, you know, that was my team. Mm-hmm. But it was, we got to shoot, you know, in baseball stadiums and we shot at Fenway and it just was like a neat thing. Oh, yeah. Know, to be yeah, around yeah. those guys. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey, we just talked about. Mm-hmm. 2015 film is the highest grossing R rated film of all time. That's still the case. Not, <laughs> is it? I thought the passion might be. Wait, who's. Oh, oh passion. Yeah. Is that, Passion Mel Gibson's Christ. movie. Mel yeah, Gibson. I, think, yeah. I thought we yeah. might have this thing. That might much different but, films yeah. for sure. But rated R. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, both. Do you know both that? starring sexy guys with facial hair? Right. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? Thank you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you are working for the applause, and you will receive it every time, right. my friends. It's Pavlovian at this point. What's been the hardest movie you've ever had to make? Probably the movie that got me fired from New Line. This. This. Warren Beatty infidelity comedy called Town and Country was just like a runaway train and no matter what we did to fix it um, it just got worse and worse and and then it was just this this disaster that blew up when it was finally I was actually fired before it was released but that that was the movie that took me down was a disaster is it more like a financial thing or financial just, financial, financial yeah. disaster yeah. Okay. and it all Fair comes enough. down on you because you're yeah I'm the, the buck stops with me yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so the investors or the I mean is that the kind of pressure that you guys feel like in this business is that You've got projects. You got to get them done. You got to get them on time and yeah. on budget. And if you don't, they're like you. You, yeah, you have a little bit of a grace period. If you've had success before, you know you it's helpful. You don't you don't get terminated with the first failure. But at New Line, towards the end, I had stacked up a, a, a fair amount of failure. So they probably but you still right managed to land on your feet like extraordinarily well. Yeah, you know, you know, you've got to be. There's keep, something there, right? You, you got to keep moving forward. You know, like I I uh, I'm going to quote Yoda in Last Jedi. Failure is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I, it's true. No matter yeah. what time point in my life <clears throat> I get taught that lesson, it's never it never loses its 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 truthfulness. It's yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. great. I'm so grateful for my failures because yeah. they made me a better person. Yeah. <laughs> what film are you most proud of? Is That's a hard question because there's so many. I've been really blessed to work with incredible mm-hmm. filmmakers. Um, I'm really proud of American History X because I thought it advanced the conversation on, Absolutely. on racism. Big time, way before it came yeah. around, right? I'm very mm-hmm. proud of the movies we made. I've made with Paul Thomas Anderson, Boogie Nights and Magnolia, and now Licorice Pizza, which comes out um, this, this December and January. Um, very proud of Seven because it was, it was this guy David Fincher's second movie, and mm-hmm. he's gone on to be one of our best directors, but yeah. I think that movie is a classic. Um, Captain Phillips, uh, very proud of because uh, it just celebrated so much authenticity and heroism you know, mm-hmm. on the part of. Can I can I brag on that one too? Yes, Go ahead, have at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you all remember the story breaking on the news. Um, 
Do y'all even remember? With Captain Phillips? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he was taken yeah, yeah. hostage. Yeah. 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 So um, I remember we were at the house. Mike was sitting on the couch watching and I was passing by and I caught it and I was sitting there. I just kind of sat down probably on the, the arm of the couch. I think I was moving with Skylar somewhere. And as it just, you know, the, the story was, the news was just telling about what was going on. I turned to him. I turned around. It's like, this needs to be a movie. You better jump in this right now. He goes, hmm. I go, Mike, no, no, no. Seriously, this is an incredible, incredible story. And it's a true life story. You have to make a movie about this right now. You need to go because lots of people are going to be trying to get yeah. this, get the rights to this. Yeah. And so he called um, his uh, producing partner at the time, Dana Brunette, who... Brunetti. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Dana Brunetti, who they had um, just done... We a, did Social some, Network they together. Did so, so, mm-hmm. so, social Network, uh, 50, Shades, 50 Shades of Grey. Well, that was later on. That was later on. But anyways, and so because Dana had had ties in the... Um, he was a Coast Guard. Ex-Coast he was an ex-Coast Guard. Yeah. Guard. Mm. He made a call... And then next thing you know, a couple of days later, they were on a plane to go out there. And wow. then sure enough, so you, I'm going to take you, a little credit for that too. Sure, for sure. <laughs> it was just intuition. And this is another thing about Moneyball. All right, give her some applause. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, okay, I'm, I'm going to get another one after this too. Even Moneyball, I have really great intuition that I'm going to brag on just because I feel very blessed to have it. But with Moneyball, it was struggling. And we were on our honeymoon, speaking of another vacation. That's right, the first version of that movie fell apart. When we yes, were in Paris. It, fell, yeah. it fell apart. You want applause and for that too? We yes, we will in just a minute. So, um, but we were, but we were, so here we are in Europe on our honeymoon and it was, he was so stressed out. Um, this was a Sony, Sony movie. And he's like, Brad Pitt, he goes, he goes, this is falling through and I don't think Brad's going to come back. And I said, did he like the story? He goes, yes. I go, he's not leaving and I know it. And I and said, and, and I it. said, yeah. I said, watch, he's not going to leave. And this is also going to be nominated. And then sure enough, both true. It came back around and it was nominated. Could have so, used you for that Warren Beatty movie, but I hadn't met you yet. <laughs> so Damn is, it. is the reason is, are we each other's muse here? Like who's, who's, I don't know. like it sounds uh, like I don't it. Know. Kind of, yeah. I wouldn't say not a muse, muse, but kind of like, um, but I will say, I don't, look, I don't know what she's going to say about like, she probably, it might not be. I don't know what she's going to say like, about me. She may. I may have to leave the room or come back another day. She may want. She may need privacy to talk about me. We have this button, Mike. We could just do that all day when her answer. Yeah. But I will say this about Angelique. I don't, she is relentlessly truthful and honest. Like she's never told me a lie. Yeah. That I can remember or think of. And if you want an honest opinion, she is absolutely the best person to just go gut check me. And she cuts through all the bullshit, sometimes mercilessly, yeah. but you will get the straight story. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. just, you know, rare. Well, and it's probably good in a, in a, yeah. in a field full of actors and people portraying themselves, not as themselves, you know, like that's probably a super important thing. It's absolutely. true. It's true. Cause you know, that, that was a, I think that was another thing that attracted him to me is I wouldn't, I wouldn't take his bullshit like some of his other girlfriends did. Mm. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Can I touch <laughs> and I have some serious <laughs> bullshit? <laughs> Yes, I he can does. Only imagine. <laughs> he does. Just close all mics and let's go to the bullshit. <laughs> no, but back to um, Captain Phillips really quickly. Just a couple notes I, I wrote down. But how do you ca- how do you uh, hire or rent out a aircraft carrier for the scene? Because well, it helps. Yeah, it helps when the, first of all you have to send the script to the to the armed forces for approval. In this case, it was the Navy, mm-hmm. and you know they they approved it. Obviously, the story had a good ending for them, so yeah. the, the, we had their cooperation. And, and then, if they're if they're cooperating, you know, they open up the the doors, and they were great partners. They, I have to say, they they really ran the Marine unit when we shot off the coast of Virginia at mm-hmm. the naval base at Norfolk, and they oh, gave wow. us the two destroyers and the aircraft carrier, and and basically produced that section of the movie with us. That final scene when the, you take out the bad guys, I mean, it's, it, Tom Hanks, it's it's powerful stuff. Yeah, it's Tom Hanks. Wonderful to work with, like everybody. So, thinks. not only he's the nicest man uh, on the planet, and he actually—I'll I'll never forget—he his kids went to the school in California. We sent our kids to before we moved, and he wrote a letter of recommendation for my daughter. Oh, you know, wow. he's to get like, in. He's yeah. just super, super, super yeah. great guy. He is, and I—you know—speaking speaking of that scene when he's rescued, I will never. I mean that 
I think out of all his acting career, that scene, like I could almost cry now thinking about it because it was so like intense. But that nurse, you guys, that was a real nurse. And that was her first time. And he, she just. Oh, yeah. I for, now you're going to make me cry because I forgot about that. Because yeah. what I was doing was going towards your work in horror movies. And I can't think of anything more horrific than climbing into that small little pod right. on an open ocean or gives like. Me chills I on mean, my, gives me chills on my face. With bad guys, you know, and yeah. just. I mean, oh, terrifying. Yeah. You, great job. We'll yeah. give you. <laughs> Let's do some applause for that. Thank yeah. you very much. Great movie. We, we here at Fortitude, we approve of that movie. <laughs> One of the questions I think mo most people in the world who've seen this movie probably have asked themselves or asked others and don't know, maybe you could help us, but social network. Um, Zuckerberg, uh, I, I kind of read a little bit about it a couple weeks ago, but uh, it was a story about him, and he never sued, or I guess you guys were afraid he might sue. Or why? How did that dynamic work? Because obviously, it doesn't put him in the greatest of light. Well, you know, there's we were always on the right side of the law with that project. So when you do a movie about real people, um, you know, you can either if it if it's based on sourceable, you know, um, material that can be vetted. As long as you're not derogatory and defamatory, you know, you have a lot of dramatic license. Um, so we did social network really based on the transcripts of the of the of the you know lawsuits he was involved with with his with his ex partner, and as long as you don't stray from that record and what can be kind of vetted and sourced, you're okay. Um, on Captain Phillips, we went and got life rights of obviously Richard Phillips and the and the um, some of the other crewmen, and then with Moneyball. Major League Base. We made a deal with Major League ba Baseball, and they were the umbrella that kind of gave us the rights to all the people, Billy included. Uh, oh, so, yeah. so it, it's really different each time. Mm -hmm. um, we have this movie, uh, House of Gucci, at MGM opening and yeah. uh, Thanksgiving, based on a true a true story. And you know, there was a book uh, written. Same with Social Network. It was based on a book, Accidental Billionaires. And sometimes the book has been through a legal vetting, mm -hmm. and as long as you stay. You know, in the in the confines of adapting the book, you're on you're on. You don't need the person's cooperation or life rights as long as you're not der being derogatory or defamatory. What what, uh, what was your part in the social network as far as the advice to Mike, the brutally honest, um, <laughs> keeping him in check? Actually, I came in during social network. No, no, no you were there. No, for the I was there. I read the script in our kitchen. Actually, I remember. Oh. Um, I don't think I clocked that yeah. one at that time. That was an easy one for Angela. She was going to buy an Oscar dress. Clock that one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Upcoming projects. We talk about 12 Mighty Orphans just happened. No longer a project. Great it's movie. a reality. Great yes. movie. Oh, thank you, How guys. How was that experience for you, too? Uh, amazing. Um, you know, especially it being a Fort Worth story, you know, my hometown which I absolutely, I, 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 JW has heard me say this quite often, and I even had joked with Ed Bass about it before. Of course, he laughed, but I just thought, don't laugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love, 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 love Fort Worth. I think it's one of the best cities um, in the world, and especially to raise a family. I think we just have so much to offer across the board. Is that community. why you guys came here? I mean, was it for that or I mean, uh, this is home. Yeah, it was home. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to raise the kids here because, you know, I, I say this, you know, Hollywood is fortunately, unfortunately, always going to be a part of um, our lives. And I really just wanted them to be raised in a very humble mm -hmm. setting as much as possible. And then that, just to have a kind of a, a, a real life, so to speak, yeah. you know, living in LA, we couldn't really, the, because of the traffic, it's so bad. It's hard to go to museums, to parks. I mean, it was, it's just, it's just stressful. And, yeah. the, you know, it's just, just wasn't what I wanted. And um, luckily, you know, Mike, being the the great uh, father he is, agreed to. Thank there you. it is. Yes, <laughs> yes. Mike Toluca, father of the year. You just yeah. answered our to, Ford versus to, LA he, question. Yeah, he just you know he agreed he he agreed to fly back and forth every week and it's funny because when I first brought up us moving and I was like are you sure are you sure you don't mind flying two and a half hours he goes Angelique he goes I will sit in a car in LA going to a meeting for two and a half hours the, so I fly back and forth sometimes 
the trip from the airport in LA to my house or office Longer. takes as long as the flight. From it's crazy. Yeah, it's, I think it's there's insane. something to be said too about having your work far away. Like you can just get more done. Then that yeah. way you can go do all these dinner, like mm-hmm. all these things, and then like you're there's a geographic thing that's already a barrier yes. to where it's like yeah. not your choice. Like, but you're in town, Dad. You know, it's like no, I'm not. You know, yeah. There's yeah. something to yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah. You know? I found that to be true. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And then I also, I think it's just neat. Well, I think for Mike, you know, just being in you know such a crazy you know, high, high pay, you know, high pace, um, stressful industry, you know, it's good for him to come to Fort Worth and chill. To focus yeah. on my restaurant touring. I, know, I was going to say, <laughs> yes. you probably spent a lot of time. I can never open DeLuca on Hewlin had I not been traveling back and forth. <laughs> we guys are if going there for lunch today, aren't you? Go to DeLuca on Hewlin. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him Mike sent you. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Have you found you? So you found oh, the balance gosh. between that crazy life and being here. You were able to turn the switch and be here. That's yeah. That and then, of course, fun. the pandemic now, you know, has taught me, along with everyone on the planet, that you know, you don't need to be sitting in an office from nine to five to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. you know, if my schedule was flexible before, um, it, at post post pandemic, I think we've all learned that you could, if you're in an office job, depending on what you're, you do for a living, you can you can have a pretty flexible schedule. Yeah. So you've been on a lot of sets. I mean, really excellent ones. What yes. would you say about the, where you're sitting now as far as caliber of set quality goes? The Fortitude set that we've created it's here. It's not bad. There's a lot. But I immediately look at the catering. There's no, there's no discernible I know snacks. I'm picking up the empty coffee cup. Yeah, I got, I got an times. empty star. I mean, asking it's a work for in progress. I'm not going to get down on anyone. It's a work in progress. I think when you get your food shit handled and yeah. figure that shit out, okay. it's going to be We have triple A from you and catering in today. But don't count on your relationship with Where's us. We do have jelly beans somewhere yeah. Yeah. Pizza. We'll yeah. float you for the beginning okay. with some garlic knots. When but you, you have come to back. stand Learn how to together, correct? <laughs> oh my uh, gosh! Yep. Um, let's see. Where, where <laughs> we go from this? I like a nice yeah. breakfast burrito. Twelve, like like a... 12 mighty orphans. Yes, we're so good about getting off track. That's okay. Know. Yeah, twelve mighty this is orphans. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, twelve mighty orphans. Oh my goodness. Okay, so um, another um, um, best friend of mine. Um, he was kind of like my little brother, Lane Garrison. He was actually really good. For, I actually met Lane with Riley, through okay. Riley. Uh, they were really close. But anyways, um, Lane was in town. They had just done um, a, 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 um, a small uh, independent film, and they were here for the Lone Star Film Festival, which, by the way, Lone Star Film Festival, you guys, is this yeah. week if y'all can get out and You're get, a big part get of some that, passes. Correct? I am. I'm on the board. Very nice. Um, my name is It's Going On This Weekend, and then we have the, the gala on Saturday night, um, which you can buy after party tickets, so keep that in mind. Anyways, okay, there's my plug for that. Um, <laughs> um, but 12 Mighty Orphans, so Lane, um, he was in town, and uh, we had gone to the premiere of Iron Orchard. And, Love um, the book and the movie. It was good. It was good. Movies. They really did a good job. And he goes, hey, Angelique, he goes, you know, we're going to be uh, shooting a, a, another independent here in Fort Worth. And he goes, you want to come and be do a cameo? And I was like... <laughs> Hell yeah, of course. Yeah. I'd love to. He goes, okay, he goes, I'll send you the the book and the script. And I was like, awesome. So um, he's, he, you know, right before he sent it over, he calls me. He's like, hey, he goes, do you think Michael, you know, would maybe be interested in producing it? And I said, uh, he will not be allowed to say no yeah. because this is my hometown. Yeah. This is a story about Fort Worth. So yes, he has to do it. <laughs> I came look look. I came dangerously close. I, saw but I retreated. Yeah. You're respecting. Yeah. Me. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyways, um, you know, Mike said yes, um, thankfully, and um, but you know, Mike Deluca, being the the extraordinary movie producer man at that time he was had a, a few projects going on so he asked me to be his producing partner and luckily speaking of learning at somebody's feet i had i've been learning from yeah you know from his feet yeah you know for over a decade of producing and hearing all everything com- from conversations to being there to you know so i 
knew exactly kind of what to do. And I said, sure. Um, you know, and, and on this, produ- you know, on this movie, there were other producers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, we weren't the only ones, you know, it really takes a large, large team to make a movie, which a lot of people don't understand. I mean, it's, there's a lot of moving pieces with a lot of, um, um, people that have so many different, um, what I want to say, jobs. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And so, anyways, um, we had the honor of being part of this just beautiful, amazing story. And it's funny, I had a, um, a, a girl come up to me last night at dinner and she goes, I'm sure you're sick and tired of hearing this, but I just have to tell you that I saw the movie and it was amazing. She goes, it hit every emotion. And I said, let me tell you something. I said, I will never get sick of people telling me that they love this movie. And I'm not kidding you. I will get messages at least once a week, either text messages, Facebook messages, all kinds of messages, emails, people coming up to me. The movie was so good, so good. Oh my, I love it, I love it, I love it. It really affected me. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Are you you guys Jim Dent fans, the writer of the book? Do you know much about him? No, no. It's an interesting story. Yeah. I I hate to say this, but of all people. It's worth, um, I mean, it's mentioning, but the poor guy, he's he's doing some prison time. He's doing some prison time. He's done, uh, had like 10 DWIs, but he's got about five or six books, like Junction Boys and The Undefeated. His his writing is really amazing, and obviously uh, 12 Money Orphans is one of them. So in that, you have Luke Wilson, and you did bring up Bottle Rocket. Yes, okay. Okay. Tell about that. Yes. Okay. So you're ready for this. So like I said, my mom, you know, was the one always signing me up to do little um, background um, work here in the DFW um, area. And um, so she says, okay, this weekend you're going to go to Dallas and you're going to be an extra on this, this, you know, small independent film called Bottle Rocket. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so here I go off to Dallas yeah. and, you know, again, just an extra. And next thing you know, I'm getting bumped up. And then I have this scene where I'm sitting on the couch with Owen Wilson and, and James Kahn, um, which was awesome. It got cut, unfortunately. But, you know, here I was on Luke Wilson's first movie. Yeah. And then 20 years later, more. I'm his boss. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yep. I'm sorry. You've restored the integrity of the applause. I think we're about to get it's very fun. It's hurting because of so much of this. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, upcoming pro- question for you both. Upcoming projects, things you're working on? I don't have, well, I was approached about a TV show that I probably will do eventually. Um, that's a pretty amazing story. The um, the author, she's uh, it's a bestseller, sold over a million books about nurses. It's called The Nurse's Story. And um, her lover was... Mario Puzo of Godfather fame. Oh, hello. Wow. Okay. Yes, okay. and he wrote the script for her. And um, back after he wrote it, Stephen... Uh, no, sorry, uh, Spelling... Um, Aaron Spelling. Aaron Spelling wanted to. We only know Tori, the daughter. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so Aaron Sorry. Spelling wanted to to make it, and of course that was during, you know, Baywatch and this and that, yeah. and um, it wasn't. It just wasn't the right time. And he said, so, "Look, he goes, my name is attached to this. He goes, and this is going to be really important. He goes, but you hold on to this, and whenever you're ready, then." You can do something with it. And sh- sure enough, she's a friend of my sister's. And my sister introduced me um, to her. And um, so it's something I can't do right now because I'm actually working on some significant projects for Fort Worth that I can't talk about just yet until the contracts are signed. Yeah. But I'm hoping to um, definitely tap into this down the line so, so we'll does that see. happen a lot with like these pieces of work where they're they're kind of shelved for time reasons or are there like do you all have people on staff not like your own personal staff but on staff who are out seeking stories like doing like the, the research folks just looking for these great stories yeah i mean at the studio we have a whole department of creative executives you know that uh, are in touch with that 
kind of grapevine about material and like who's writing a script or who wants to, who's got a pitch or you know, looking at books and magazine articles. There's a whole department that yeah. is whose job it is is to find and field material. Mm-hmm. And then smaller version of it at my own production company, we had a few a few people that were charged with bringing stuff in. Yeah, but are, is this like gem of a find because of the way that it happens like this, right? Kind of through a friend of a friend or a... Yeah, I I would say so. I mean, sometimes it is through, you know, people, you know, just personal contacts, but um, you know, like Mike said, you know, when you're when you're sitting, you know, at a production office, it's you have the job to go out and either find a book or a script and it can come about either way. Um, I know Mike, you know, that's one thing as you can see, you know, kind of through his past um few movie movies there are, they've been true you know inspirational stories and yeah. that's definitely that's what i think draws him you know to those and it definitely drew me to the 12 money orphan story and it's because to me you know it's life it's what we've been yeah, through and art and yeah. it is yes yeah. i mean we live in interesting times so there's um, an endless supply of material yeah for <laughs> right. sure, for yes. sure. Do, you, yeah. yes. do you really believe that there is i do mo- yeah. a lot of movie houses are, re- are making old movies new again and it seems like they might be running out of material that not not the case in your mind yeah i mean I've, i i mean i hope it's the case but i've always liked to believe that there's never not a market for originality so right. you know if, a, if an audience is getting a steady diet of giant tent poles and Marvel franchises. That's great. Sure. But in between those, you know, will they have an appetite for the occasional true life story or, yeah. or you know, just, just something different? So that's the, those are the spaces I try to fill in between when we have a James Bond movie or a Creed sequel. Any new projects for you, Mike? Um, so yeah, so the studio is coming off the James Bond release. Um, that was our last movie. And then uh, we have House of Gucci yeah. this Thanksgiving, uh, Licorice Pizza, which is another Paul Thomas Anderson movie. He did the aforementioned Boogie Nights with me way back in the 90s. Yeah. And then a wonderful musical adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac called Cyrano that comes out. Oh, also, wow. Also I can't wait in, to see it. In yeah. January, February. Is movie making better with all the distribution like Netflix and everything now or is it like you like the old way? Like, like no, I love, I love the way it is now because as a, first as a consumer because I'm, I'm still a movie freak and you know see everything and enjoy it. I love as a consumer I can... I have it everywhere. I can go to the movie theater for the thing I want to see. I just went to Dune in IMAX yeah. because I thought that deserved to be seen on an IMAX How was screen. It? it was. I loved it. It was. I thought it was moving poetry. It was just so visually stunning. I'm a big Sting fan, so I can't. I, I wouldn't feel. I, I hear to you. It. I think that character <laughs> just, may show up in Dune too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just like the blue speedo you he wore. You Sting, love the blue speedo he wore in that movie. Sting does a lot of psychedelics. Apparently, he mm-hmm. talks about that on one of these shows. Right. That uh, and so I think about that with. Okay, That's so. Funny. Saw the Dune, and then yeah. you go so, see James Bond in the movie theater. Well, I, I mean, I worked on it. The so, premiere, yeah. yeah. So I saw it a lot, of, a lot. In, yeah. Before oh, it tell came them, out. tell them about the premiere and who, 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 who was there. I got so we had the Bond? premiere. We had no. yes, but I, at the premiere, <laughs> uh, it's in the Royal Albert, the Albert Hall. It was a Royal oh, premiere yeah, yeah. in the Albert Hall, which I had never been to, which was stunning. And then the royal family was in the box next to mine. Oh. Wow. Yeah, so oh, Did you have cool. a word with... No, I just stared at Kate Middleton going, oh my God, that dress is stunning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah, is that dress awesome. was amazing. So what amazing. are you watching now? Well, both of you guys, like like if we... One series that is like... I'm gonna Yellowstone, go. man. Yellowstone, came back I am and, so glad it's back. It How did we know that was We, we could have guessed that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everybody's yes. yes, yes, yes. Love. People, um, people in Hollywood that... We don't know are great guys that are p- great people, great girls and guys. Who's who's the nicest guy? Who are some of the nicest people in Hollywood? Besides Tom Hanks, because you already said that. Oh, should Look, I? I've been a lot. I mean, the guy who directed um, Captain Phillips, Paul Greengrass, is a wonderful human being. Um, Brad Pitt was has been wonderful with me his whole our, my whole career, and uh, it was great to work with him in the '90s. It was great to work with him again. Uh, yeah. Recently. Um, there was a woman, Amy Pascal, who ran Sony when I was there, who continues to be a mentor of mine. It's just a really wonderful person. I can cue up some applause. It's almost like an acceptance <laughs> speech. Right, I want to thank yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Uh, what's he like? He is so big-hearted, like just a giant, sensitive, beautiful heart and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so. It was great to catch him for the mask and Dumb and Dumber when he was beginning his kind of ascent. And right. he was incredibly grateful and, and loyal to our studio at the time. And um, I just think he's unique and, and a tremendous guy. I have to say one of the nicest people that I met, um, it was at one of the after award show parties 
probably throughout the weekend or something, was Jennifer Aniston. So I'm standing at the bar um, waiting to, um, to place my drink order and she steps up right next to me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, it's Jennifer yeah. Aniston. And because I have been in awe of her, of course, ever since Friends. Um, Wait, what, what show was it? Friends. Yeah. Um, and it's it, well, what happened was, is actually Mike and I, we were just talking about her because he was mentioning how he was interested in, in reaching out to her to do, um, I think, a movie or something some at the time. Yeah, there's some time. projects. So yeah. we were just talking Friends about. Friends too. No. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not personal. laughs> there was some project, you know, that he was like, oh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to reach out to Jennifer Aniston. So anyways, so we were just talking about her and then here she is. And, you know, being so kind of starstruck, which normally I don't get. Yeah. And um, I was. And so I was nervous and I turned to her and I just said, hi, I'm Michael DeLuca's <laughs> wife. Name dropper. And, but didn't even say my name. Yeah. Like, hi, I'm Angelique. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Michael DeLuca. Yeah. And I just kind of went into this whole thing of like, I'm Michael DeLuca's wife. And we were just talking about you. He, he wants to reach out to you. And she's like, oh, no, no. And she was so nice. Nice yeah. to me. I think I finally like introduced myself. But I was just like this. I was like, oh, gosh. I how, think how guys like us would have performed. Yeah. embarrassing. You know, that did happen. I met Wilco. Like I went backstage when they played. They played at these small theaters. They played at the Amon Carter over by the rodeo. And Jeff Tweedy was sitting there, and I was just kind of like, um, you, you don't know what to say sometimes. <laughs> know, Do you true. still get that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that way. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time that happened. Oh, Roger Corman. I met Roger Corman, um, who's this legendary... Sci-fi writer? No, producer and, and really like studio head for, for this independent studio back in the 60s. Like He started the careers of Ron Howard and yeah. Francis Coppola with low-budget movies, James Cameron, you know, the list goes on and on. He's a legend, like an institution in film. And he, he came to it. We had a screening of a Bond. We made a, a James Bond documentary, um, Being James Bond, about the mm -hmm. Daniel Craig era. Yeah. And Roger was at that. I was like, oh, my God, Roger Corman. <laughs> did, you say, did you say anything to him? I turned into Jeff, um, Chris Farley on that sketch from SNL where it's like, do you remember when you started all those careers of these guys? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Morgan, Morgan Freeman, a good dude. Such a good dude. Yeah. Oh, do you have the picture? Morgan Freeman do not. Oh, God, we had to, I had, had a oh fun my gosh. dinner with him. That was yeah. yes, we had a fun dinner with him and uh, I'm just thinking I of could iconic just listen. actors Oh, him. he is amazing. The, vo the voice of God. Yes. You, I could have sat there probably for days just listening to his voice. Johnny he Depp. was so sweet. Got to ask for my wife. <laughs> so Johnny Depp's doing that thing with Keith Richards, you know, narrating the book. So what did you oh, work yeah. with him on? I worked on with him in the nineties. Well, yeah, on two movies, on a movie called Don Juan DeMarco and the centerfold mm -hmm. that he did with Brand Mon and Brando and Blow. Was he hard to get to? He seems like is he just is he distant? He's so he was so warm once you got to know him. He was just you know the he was he was a megastar. Yeah, and it, it's really weird when that happens to someone because no matter how unassuming you are or no matter what family you came from you can say goodbye to privacy say goodbye to you know not having a uber scrutinized life and yeah it, it, and then they withdraw because they have to yeah and then if you have if you want to have children sometimes you got to move to another country so your kids aren't harassed when they go to school yeah. and stuff yeah i was going to ask you guys that like you know LA being so you guys are around creative types constantly i mean is is that hard does sometimes that get old like the whole game or is it like really inspiring like it just makes you want to do it more inspiring because it's really at the end of the day storytelling like being around storytelling yeah that's really what it's about at the end of the day you take away all the bullshit and it's just you have a story to tell is anyone else gonna like it yeah i like it let's see if anybody else likes it like it's still that pure mm -hmm. the, the the debate about doing something and and it's it's a turn on yeah how often are you in fort worth mike so i didn't yeah, that's good. Okay. Every, every week? I split the week. So I'm in LA Monday through, through Wednesday, sometimes Thursday. And I tr usually travel Thursday and then I'm here with the family Thursday to Sunday. Fantastic. What about your answer on the creative types and stuff? Do you like being back here kind of away from all of that a little bit? Or you I like do, well, you know, I, I feel like there's, you know, here in Fort Worth, there's so many um, creative types as well. I mean, not as much as out there in LA, but I do yeah. feel like- The Delucas, I know. For the, the, to use two C's in your name as opposed to <laughs> our humble one C is pretty creative. It's bold. It's very, it's very creative. Yeah. 
right. it's just pure balls. It's I mean, it's just such like out such there on bravity. the edge. Yeah, oh is bravery a word? Is it that brevity into bravery? I like it. It's like truthiness Could you from make Stephen a movie Colbert. Bravery, <laughs> kind of like Braveheart, but with JW in it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you guys, you you both been wonderful for sharing. Thank you. Oh, you before, guys too. Thank oh you guys. Before we go, we like to ask our guests. So one at a time, though. Aside from familial stuff, marriage, kids, all that business, what's the greatest day of your whole life? You go first. Oh my gosh, the greatest day of my whole life? It's a really intentionally hard question, but we'd like to know if you could come up with something. I know it's like ending with, is there a God? Discuss. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. We'll we'll be in the break room if you need us. Yeah, we'll let the tape roll. Lights will come down, (laughs) cleaner will come in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have like a greatest day of my life. But by stalling, you're giving Mike time to think of something. Yeah. I know. You're, that's it's not such fair. an advantage. <laughs> Mike, how about you? Would you got to go first? Oh, she's, and you said kids. Without kids not, and marriage, all the stuff. Any familial like, okay. affairs, just best day of your life. Well, to be honest with you, like what where my mind goes is so I'm in recovery, like I'm sober. Mm. Hey, brother. The yep. day, oh. the day. Thank you. Can I have the? Yeah, applause. Oh, yeah. oh for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am yes. too. Like, that deserves. We're it. gonna let this thing run right. until it ends, Mike. On e- that one, even though you're supposed to, uh, oh, not not rest on your laurels, and and it's a day by day thing. They tell you day by day thing, but the day I I realized internally that it was behind me, and I thought, well, this could last forever is absolutely the greatest day. How long sober? Um, it was just three years. This October. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yep. All right. <laughs> that you. came without asking for I it, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank All you. All right, Angelique. Now, now, now you're on the hot seat. I know. I don't know if I have a greatest day. I think my, my if, it, if it's not a day, it's, I think the day it's probably moments. Finding out your mom is cancer-free probably was right up there. Oh, you that, said not familiar. Yeah, not, but that you know, yeah, that, I was yeah. going well, that direction. Yeah, I think I think for me <laughs> the greatest moments is is when I when I see that um, God has um, has when He's got my back, you know, and He's put me in cer- certain situations in my life to prepare me for certain future situation, you know, situations. Um, it's a good, safe answer for it, sure. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Cause you're just like, oh, you I don't do, know about it just safe, makes man. That's feel, faith. It That's just a good makes faith you answer. feel so special and yeah. knowing that, you know, I, ha- I do, I've got some really great things to do in my life and I see that God's been preparing me and it's just really cool to see kind of those, those peaks come to come into to life, you know? <laughs> So I got a volume in applause there. Yeah. We, we kind of like gently, it. Like we didn't, it. it wasn't a hard cut in. It was just a yeah. gradual. It differentiates it. Yeah, I definitely feel blessed for sure. Well, Angelique DeLuca, Mike DeLuca, we appreciate your time very much. Thank uh, you, you, man. You've been great guests. Uh, Thank if you. If you guys don't know, Fortitude FW on social media, you can follow us and you can listen to this in, in due time. But you awesome. guys have been fantastic. Thank you guys Love so much guys. for having us. This is a lot of fun. See if DeLuca's on Hewlett. You got it. Tell Mike's engine 10% off.